Hi guys, this is Doug Fletcher. Welcome back to What's the Hazard? Good to have you here. I hope you're having a great day. It is Friday, June 5th here in Omaha, Nebraska. Uh, we had some r- wicked storms last night, and it is hot and humid today, so uh, hope you're staying hydrated. Um, I've got two great guests today. I feel like I'm sitting in front of Mount Rushmore of construction <laughs> safety. Um, Scott Love from Miller Electric, Ruben Barra from Commonwealth Electric. These guys are these guys are mainstays in the safety community here in Omaha, Nebraska, and around the region. Thanks for being here, fellas. I appreciate it. I know you're busy, and I appreciate you're taking an hour of your time out of the day to be with me today. You're so, too kind. Good to see you, fellas. Good to see you. Where's, where's the... What's the guest? I'm, right, not sure. right. I'm not sure I fall in that category. You guys are the guests. I don't know if I told you that or okay. not, but you are actually the guest today. No, so no, It's always good to be here, Doug. I, do, I appreciate your being here. I do have a couple of comments before we get started. And my comments are all directed at, my, at the producer of the show, Pat, Pat Safford, uh, Parkville Media. Pat, I've deputized Pat. I don't know if you knew that or not. I know Pat, a lot about safety. Pat is the safety yeah. deputy. He, you know, he's been sitting in on these for so long. I think we could get him a job in safety, actually. <laughs> but you know, after my uh, after the episode last week, I spoke with Corey Sinek uh, last week from the VA Medical Center, and and Pat commented to me. He goes, "Doug, I, I, it's interesting. All of your guests are really passionate about safety, and obviously, I I I choose and I ask people that I know are like me. They're passionate about safety." Uh, you guys in particular, I mean, you guys are actually both of you are mentors of mine. When I first got into the safety community here working with OSHA, you were here and uh, we were interacting. And I, I think I've learned a lot from you guys about safety in particular and electrical safety. And and I've just always appreciated your passion for the, the profession. So it is no accident that the people that come in and join me on the show are passionate about safety. Uh, first of all, this is a job that is passionate. I mean, if you're doing this job and you're not passionate, you're probably in the wrong job, frankly. Um, I, I just, I've always been impressed by that. So, um, so I think you're right, Pat. I think my guests are all passionate about safety. I appreciate that. The second thing I want to say, and Pat told me the same thing last week is, you know, a lot of smart women. <laughs> I was like, because all of the women guests that I, I mean, everybody that I have, well, I guess there've been a few exceptions, but most of my guests are pretty smart. But these women are just incredibly impressive, you know. And, uh, you know, um, Corey Sinek, Danny Arroyo, am I forgetting anyone? If, if so, I apologize. But dedicated, intelligent, committed safety professionals. I mean, it's obviously a, a career path that transcends gender. I mean, there are great safety folks, male and female alike. And I think that's impressive as well. So those are Pat's observations from last week, and I'm sure after you guys are gone, he's going to say something totally different. But they really dumbed it down. <laughs> Where'd you find yeah. these guys? But no, man, I, you know I love you guys. I appreciate your being here. We, so you know, I got to tell you, Doug, if you're not passionate about it, you're doing our industry an injustice. I totally agree. I totally agree, Ruben. And um, so, where does that passion come from? I mean, when you started this, you guys have both been doing this a long time. Were you passionate about it in the beginning, or you have has that grown on you? Yeah, it, it, I was not passionate about it. Was it something that you... I, I didn't grow up in safety. I grew up on the other side. I was the customer mm-hmm. coming in. I had to learn that. And the quicker I learned that the more you can get people passionate around you, the easier it is. What's kind of infectious, you mean? I mean, you your have, passion you is infectious. You have to make it. It's a lot of work right. to make people around you passionate about safety. It's right. not normally what people wake up to do. 
is to be a safety person, right? That's a good point. But that's where we're, we're at today. Right. Yeah. So it was not your dream job either. It was uh, new to me. I, yeah. uh, you know, we can talk about that, but this guy sitting right next to me, uh, Reuben Barra, was a, my mentor right. coming in, mm-hmm. you know, as you were you, mm-hmm. Doug. I, I, I was scared of OSHA. You made it less scary. Oh, yeah. You know? well, yeah. That's right. I remember those days too. Yeah. And, you know, I, I know when I got into it, I used to go home and tell my wife, what did I get into? Yeah, man. And I think the more I kept going home with that attitude, the more it just drove me to want to do better with it. Mm-hmm. So I guess like Scott says, you know, you have to, you have to, you have to get, let it get into your skin. Mm-hmm. And, and when it, once it's in there, it's not going to come out. Now, yeah. as I have approached my, my golden years here, you know, uh, it's never going to leave me. Right. No matter where I go, I still, even when I go to the store, I see things like I point out, you know. I try not to be so obvious about it, but, you know, it's, it's just, it's there. But it's not something you turn off. No, I mean, if no. you are a passionate safety professional, no. you can't turn it off. You see it everywhere you go. Well, I take that back. I turn it off when I'm working in the garage. <laughs> right. Because okay. I, right, I don't right. wear my safety At home. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I know. I know. But, but otherwise, no, you're right. It's, it's, it's in your blood. And I think that, um, unfortunately, sometimes that passion is born of tragedy. You know, if you are, you know, if you happen to have a tragedy on a work, on a work site, you know, I interviewed um, Cheyenne Wolfer, Josh Luce from uh, CCS Group, and they'd had a fatality on one of their jobs, and it changed them. And it certainly changed Cheyenne, the owner of the company, and he said, well, this is never going to happen again, right? And um, I think sometimes our passion is born of those unfortunate, tragic events. Sometimes it just grows on you when mm-hmm. you just start to realize that this is a people business, right? This is about people, it has very little to do with, you know, the technical stuff is all fine. The regulations are all fine. They might be tools or they might help us, but this is a people business. And I, not many of us, at least our age, came to this intentionally, but we found ourselves in it. And And I look back over my career, about 35 years of doing this, and I love this job. I didn't always, mm-hmm. but I really love this job, and it gives me a certain satisfaction that I really appreciate about this profession. So if we're talking to young safety professionals or people who are new to the profession or even just contractors who are responsible for safety, you know, as a collateral duty, I mean, um, I would encourage them to uh, to embrace the passion about this stuff, man, if that, that sounds kind of weird, no, but no. you know what I'm saying? I no, mean, right. don't fight it. No. It is an emotional, passionate, and Scott, I think your point is well taken. If you're going to motivate people, people, they need to sense your sincerity and your compassion you know i got i share a story with you i <clears throat> it was involved in a fatality many years ago and it wasn't our guy it was somebody else but anyway our guy we were on that job site the body was laying out there our yeah. guy showed up to work in the morning mm-hmm. and i met him at the trailer and i got on the little platform there and i told him i said no one's going in that building because we're not allowed but I, and i told him i said gentlemen i don't ever want to see one of you in there mm-hmm. and i'll make sure it doesn't happen. Right. And I got a lot of feedback after that, Scott. You know, some of my employees said, man, that guy really cares about us. You know, and I do. Mm-hmm. And I do. And I think that profound moment when I saw that gentleman laying on the floor, mm-hmm. yeah. knowing he wasn't going home that night, I kept saying to myself, God, I'm, I'm sure glad I'm not the one who has to go home and tell his family. Oh, no doubt. You know, man. even though I was part of that, I wanted another particular mm-hmm. fatality I was involved with too. But when you do that, and, and Scott's absolutely right, if you can convince somebody that you're out there to look after them and you got the passion to do it, right. they're going to buy into what you're doing. Yeah. 
You've had that experience, Scott, or something similar? Or? Not a fatality. Oh, that's good. But uh, uh, experiences of our own. We had mm-hmm. a guy that fell from a, a height of seven foot eight inches mm-hmm. into a concrete floor, and uh, that really it, it really got in deep with our guys mm-hmm. that we're working with them on the on the job site. And so it's not hard to motivate people into passion. There, as a matter of right. fact. You know, a lot of it's directed right. at me and all this kind of stuff, and you work through it. Right. But you use it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I absolutely. On, I was on another job site. Um, a uh, iron worker fell from a, mm. a set of stairs. He did not. It was not a fatality. Uh, I do not know how he is today, but it, it's, I'm it sure bad. there's some lasting effects sure. from that. Um, and the, it was not handled well by the GC. Oh, yeah. And in the way their representative acted mm-hmm. and that was felt by our guys. Absolutely. I mean, when, when you know someone and you see that you're, mm-hmm. you're, you talked about earlier about, uh, before we got on about a, uh, some raft work that was being done out mm-hmm. on the Missouri mm-hmm. river and a body floated up mm-hmm. and a guy saw it and his yeah, last never day the same man. Him. Right. Right. That gets to people. Uh, I think what you want to do is you want to instill passion using past experiences, using other people's stories, using your own stories, so that people realize that it might not happen on their job site. Hopefully, it never happens. Mm-hmm. But you got to know what the consequences are, mm-hmm. and, and you drive the passion from yeah, that. I think. I think so too. And neither one of you guys are the safety cop. You're not the safety policeman. You guys are. To, in large part, you are coaches, counselors, uh, psychologists. I mean, this is an incredibly diverse career field. But but if you are the safety cop, and I, and I would encourage people to consider that if that's your approach to safety, reconsider that because I think that lacks passion and that lacks connection sometimes. I mean, sometimes we have to do it. Yeah. We have to be the bad guy. But if that's how you are trying to motivate people, I think you're missing the boat, you know, and I think mm-hmm. people just respond. Remember David soul, our old friend, David soul used to be very, um, he, he was always very calm about, well, at least in my experience, I should say not, I don't want to say that he was always that way, but he was good about expressing to you that he was concerned about you, you know, and Hey man, we're not having this or this is not going to be okay. We're not, we're not going to accept this, but the reason is I, I sincerely care about you. I don't want anything to happen to you. So, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure that we can always. I think you might have a, a wrong perception of uh, Ruben and I as far as the safety cop. We're not out there policing. We're not. Uh, you get on people once guys. in a while? You have to. You have to. Yeah, I know you do. But I know you do. And, and Ruben, please add on to this. We're both uh, contractors uh, of a signatory. Mm-hmm. So and we, actually, it's the same labor pool, mm-hmm. uh, which is why Ruben and I are so close. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he and I started the NECA, National Electrical Contractors Association, um, safety committee. Mm-hmm. The Nebraska chapter here. Yeah. Right, the Nebraska yeah. chapter. I remember. Ruben runs it. He tried to get one going in Des Moines. How's that going? Not very good. Yeah. Not Sorry. <laughs> right. Sorry about that. Right. I got like, you want to do what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but... So we have a, a natural cop police mentality for following rules on a job site. Okay. That's handled by our manpower. Mm-hmm. That's those are uh, signatory 
uh, guys. You know, okay. they're, they're bargaining employees right. that are taking care and copying the bargaining employees. Mm-hmm. I, and maybe we should look at ourselves as like the mayor mm-hmm. of safety, we, we, we and, and, and we instill them to to be those cops. Right. So with, obviously, with there's the a rules and there's all a that. need for that piece from time to time. We have to have a there has to be a, an accountability piece. And that may be involved the safety cop approach, whether it's you or someone who's designated to do that. Absolutely. But neither one of you strikes me as the guy who just flies off the handle. Oh, no. uh, And then uh, doesn't, you know, and then just walks away. I mean, both of you guys are. We consider ourselves a resource. Yeah. You know, and and if I, and, you know, and Scott can agree with this. We've been in situations where it it gets confrontational. Mm-hmm. And so I just learned over the years that if it, if it starts getting that way, I, and I just flat out tell the guy, I'm not yelling at you. Why are you yelling at me? Mm-hmm. You know, I'm mm-hmm. here to help you. Mm-hmm. Now, if you don't want to talk to me right now, I'll come back at a different time. Yeah. But you're not going to talk to me. You're not going to yell at me. Right. We're not going to solve anything. Right? right. I saw on social media, I'll tell you what, which one it was, because if I do, somebody's going to recognize it. <laughs> right. But uh, somebody put in there one time. And must, he must have had a bad day. And he put it in there, and he said, safety directors are tattletalers. Oh, yeah. Right? And and I just came unglued, and I had to wait a few minutes before mm-hmm. I wanted to respond. Right. You know? And which is good. Which was... Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <clears throat> but I responded, and I said, you're right. And I can't tell you how many times I sat in the ER. I can't tell you how many times I consoled a family. Mm-hmm. I can't tell you how many times I corrected something. I can't tell you how many lies we probably saved, but you're right. I'm just a tattletale. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? And they responded back, just kidding. Mm-hmm. You know? And I let it go. I figured yeah. if you're, if you're going to be that stupid, right. if, make a comment on something like that, we're trying to mm-hmm. stop you or prevent you from getting hurt, and you all you perceive us to be is a tattletale? You know, that came from someplace else. Yeah, probably. That came from someplace else. Right. It didn't come from what Scott and I tried to instill with the guys. Right. That came from someplace else. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I've told my kids all when they're growing up, everything you do is learn behavior, right? Mm-hmm. You you got that someplace. Right. You didn't get it here. I know that. But you got it right. someplace. So yeah. We do have the advantage of coming across as the good guys. Yeah. We do it when there's when there's a person injured mm-hmm. and we're taking mm-hmm. care of a claim. You know, the insurance companies can be the bad guys. We get to make sure he gets the yeah. right treatment mm-hmm. and all of that. Same thing out there in the field when it comes to safety. We get a we get to do the training. We get to bump people up. We get to take them safety lunches. Do the attaboys. The attaboys and, and all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. Attaboys. But that's okay. And attaboys. take advantage of that. Oh, boy. I mean, take advantage of that opportunity. Oh, yeah. You yeah. know, I, I've learned a long time ago, you got to pat the guy on the back as well as kick him in the butt. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and they'll, they'll, they'll respect you for that. I think that's know? an overlooked facet of what we do. I think it's easy to go to the negative. It's easy to be critical. It's important, if not more important, to be to be complimentary or to acknowledge the behaviors you want. It's like parenting to some extent. Mm-hmm. You know, I've said this before. I've got two grown sons. They're in their 20s. And, you know, the negative doesn't work very well with the many. Like, you know, they tune me out or they ignore me or they just leave or whatever the case might be. If I, if there's a behavior that I want, I, it almost has to come through positive reinforcement at this point. Mm-hmm. And then they start to, under, you know, they start to appreciate, okay, I get a good response from the old man if I do it this way. It's similar in safety. I'll give you a little background here. Years and years ago, one of my previous positions before I left they they gave me another responsibility 
And I said, you know, you really putting a lot on me for what you hired me to do. So I took a business card. You're going to love this guy. And I took a business card. I put, it had my name on it. It said safety director. So I added, I added in there, uh, what, put, uh, daycare provider. I put in there, uh, diaper changer, babysitter. And the boss says, well, this ain't funny. And I said, you know, it's not funny, but I'm just giving you the reality of things here. Mm-hmm. You know, you want me to go out and babysit these guys and they're grown people mm-hmm. that should know better. And my job is to be the resource and give them the tools they need to do it better. Right. right? I'm not out there to babysit them, hold their hand. And, you know, if you expect that out of me, you, you know, we, we got to talk about this. Maybe reconfigure this Recon- a little yeah. bit. <laughs> and, 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 and luckily, not luckily, but fortunately, my career path took a different turn and I, I left there. But I think they're doing okay now. So. Good. But Good. that's the early days. I told you about the early days, you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was horrible. You know, it was rough. It was rough. And uh, we come a long ways. Now, one thing what Scott did, they say, though, so when you, when we go on a job site, I can remember this, Scott. I, you probably can relate to this. My early days, I'd walk out there. And I told you this one of the first ones we had. I used to always take a notebook out there and everything mm-hmm. else and, and write these notes down, you know. And all I was perceived then was to be the cop. Right. I was trying to find something wrong. Right, right. And, all, and I don't do that. I don't do it mm-hmm. now. I'm sure you don't either, Scott, you know. You know, I'm there. If I see something, I'll correct it. Mm-hmm. If I see something good, I'm going to tell them. Mm-hmm. Or oh, coach them up I'll on coach, something yeah. or redirect them or yeah. whatever that takes. Yeah, I so. think there is some, I mean, for me, taking notes uh, is almost just an organizational necessity just for me to remember certain things. So I will take notes. But I agree with you. The perception of that changes. So I think people just need to be careful about that. If you're writing down every, I mean, it's like an ocean inspector, and they're writing down everything you say. All of a sudden, you're like getting a little bit yeah. nervous about speaking. You know, you know? you I got mean, a big old camera. In front yeah, of the you same is true for an employee. <laughs> I mean, if if the safety guys are looking at me and taking pictures of me and writing shit down, excuse, you know, writing stuff down. No, you're right though. You're, it's, it's all of a sudden the perception has changed. Exactly. So exactly. It's interesting. How do you, what do you, what do you do out there, man? Are you a note taker? Are you a? I am not. I am, but. Generally, it's after I when you get back to the truck or something. Yeah. After you leave the car, right? You know, something yeah. like right. Because I will forget. I'm a note taker for myself, not mm-hmm. to uh, you know write anybody up or anything like that. But what one thing I've learned to do, and this took me a while to figure it out, is when you're out there and you're talking to somebody about something that they're doing wrong or there's a hazard there. Have you not seen it or whatever? Is typically I'll take the guy aside, right? So it doesn't look like we're having this, this what's he talking to him about and, and uh, stopping mm-hmm. work and all this kind of stuff. And we come up with a solution together. Mm-hmm. And then I'll bring that guy into it as, hey, how can you help be part of the solution and a poster child to make sure that you can train right. that? You know, oh, that's Typically, great. if they're a journeyman wireman that are – you know, they're mm-hmm. mentors to mm-hmm. the apprentices and the CWs out there, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I know the early, days, yeah. early days with the, with the tablet and pencil, you know. They'd see me coming out there and they go, oh, boy, here he comes again. Right. You know. Uh, but nowadays, they like to see me. Sure. You know. Yeah. And, and that didn't happen overnight. No, I go back to what I said, go home, my wife to my wife, what did I get into? Yeah. <laughs> and you're right. You have to earn that. You have to earn it. That, that does not happen overnight. So I'm I'm stepping aside, you know, <clears throat> and uh, the, the my successor, I, you're going to love this, Scott. I gave him a picture of me in a frame, right? I did. <laughs> For his desk, a picture I know, of no, you. No, I, I did. I, I, took, I gave him a picture of me, and, and in the bottom I put down there, remember, respect is not something that you 
have. Respect is measured by who respects you, right? Yeah. And I, and I gave it to him. And he goes, I'll keep this. And I said, well, you at least keep it while I'm here. Now, when I leave, you know, throw it away. <laughs> do what you want with it, but at least yeah. let me see it every day while I'm here. You know? He goes, no, he goes, I really appreciate this. You know, little words to live by, you know? Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Because I still have that picture Ruben he gave me. Oh yeah, right. <laughs> right. We. I think we should all be so lucky. I'm not sure I have a picture no. of you on my desk, but no. I would certainly display one with no, pride. No, man. no, no, no. I, as when I leave here, uh, nobody's going to want a picture of me. So, uh, as, as I you are it, like I said, you're etched on the Mount Rushmore of uh, yeah. Omaha safety directors. Yeah, and so. yeah. I appreciate that, but it's it's been a it's been a good journey. You know, Absolutely. I don't know how many of the audience knows that I'm I'm leaving. Uh, yeah. but I'm, I'm not leaving, leaving. I'm, I'll always, like you said, I'll always have it in my blood yeah, and, man. uh, but I'll still be around to do yeah, good. things, you know, I'll be, and now you're training the new guy, uh, or, or helping. Hopefully yeah, I'm, my, my role is to be a coach and a mentor mm-hmm. at this good. point in time, you know, and if my boss is listening, yeah, I'm working 10 hours a day and mm-hmm. <laughs> I know you look beat, man. I, I'm tired. Man. <laughs> I, I, I'm just, <laughs> though I could take it. My wife says, when are you coming home? You know? Yeah. <laughs> Well, all right. Well, okay. as, as I as I uh, mentioned last episode, uh, we're th- we're thirty. Ep- this is episode number thirty one. We're thirty episodes in, and it's been about seven months of this. And I am, wow. I am, yeah. I know. I mean, wow. it just seems like overnight. Just, I mean, you guys were sitting here individually just a week or two ago, and it's probably been a few months at this point. Oh, at least, at least. But we're rolling in a new. F- you know, I want I want the program to be as valuable as possible to the listeners. Whether you are a safety professional or you're a, a small business owner or a contractor and you anyone who has responsibility for safety, I'm hopeful that we can give you some useful information. So we're adding a few new features to the program. One of them is going to be this OSHA coffee break that we mentioned last week. What I want to know from you uh, individually, uh, what do you do, what OSHA regulations that you are subject to, do you guys do well in your workplaces? And what OSHA regulations are really challenging? And take, take either side of that. Hey, we do this really well, and this is how we do it. Or this is still difficult for us, and this is why. I mean, any any insights that you can share specifically about an OSHA regulation or two, or just even a safety concept? I mean, I'll take whatever you can offer. But, Scott, any any thoughts on that? Any Anything yeah, you'd like to share? I was doing some thoughts on this. First and foremost, and I've preached this before, um, my biggest pro- problem that we have with OSHA regulations are non-OSHA compliance type people that are out there trying to tell you that you're doing it wrong. Oh, yeah. Spouting it, it can't possibly good mm-hmm. be good for OSHA. It's not an OSHA regulation. And you're, oh, really? Well, give me the OSHA reg that states we're doing it wrong. Gotcha. You know? And you have these little battles all the time, mm-hmm. you know. I said my piece. So this is Ruben's so, nodding his head. Yeah. So now, are you talking about are these other contractors? Are these maybe safety people from other contractors? Both, maybe it's both, the GC. Both. Maybe it's both. just an employee who thinks they know everything. You or know, both, Doug. And I and I and I'll, I'll just say this here that you know when situations like that come up, Scott calls me. He'll call me. Sure. Hey, hey, you got a minute? You know. And, and Scott's not only a colleague; he's also a really good friend of mine, and we we've, we've done a lot of things together. But that being said, he'll call, he'll call me up and tell me some most stupidest thing somebody told somebody because it's an OSHA regulation right Scott and mm-hmm. him and I ponder it and we go but well, there's no such thing yeah. where are they getting us at right and those are the guys like I said earlier that do us an injustice right 
right? Yeah, you're right. There's some people out there who think they're safety people who have no business being safety people. And please, if you're one of them, get out of it yeah. because you're doing us an injustice. Everything yeah. we try to do, they just shoot it down. Because mm-hmm. you go out there and they'll tell Scott's guys some things and that are totally wrong, right? Mm-hmm. And then Scott's got to go out there and try to fix, fix it. it. But yeah. then we don't see these guys every day. He may see them every day. And uh, then our guys say, well, you know, I talked to Scott, and that's not what he said. Mm-hmm. Well, then you get you start developing this adversarial relationships with the, yeah. the guy outside who's supposed to be watching over your safety. Right. But telling you crap, that doesn't exist. So what are we, what are we going to call that? We're going to call that like the OSHA rumor mill or just this these misconceptions that keep, I mean, and, and I think they are more, they are more um, prevalent in the construction sector. And I'll tell you why I think, because when you work uh, on multiple job sites, if you're going from general contractor to general contractor to different project, everybody has their own rules. And, you know, sometimes the rules are accurate. Sometimes they are above and beyond the requirements of the regulations. Sometimes they're just the preference of the GC. This is how I like it. But when you take an employee, uh, uh, like a subcontractor, like one of your guys, and he's going from site to site, and he's hearing all this different, I don't know how they keep track of what's true and what's not. I mean, obviously, they need to be performing the way that you want them to perform. But as you said, they're getting all of this misinformation constantly. You hit it on the head. I don't know how you deal with that. I tell our guys, it's not the information you get, it's the misinformation you take. Right. You know, and, right. and so in, in that aspect, Scott and I belong to the NECA safety group, mm-hmm. which is a great thing because we, we share manpower. Right. right. And so we get other contractors in there and, and we tell them what we do. And hopefully they go back to the same thing because and, and Scott and I both know someday my guy is going to be his. Right. His guy is going to be mine. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And so we don't want them to come. Well, Scott said at Miller Electric, I, I could do this. Right. Well, no, I know. I know he didn't tell you that. Right. <laughs> but the more accurate and consistent the information, the better for everyone. Obviously. Especially in the electrical industry. We're, mm-hmm. we're a high hazard industry the way it is. Yeah. And uh, if Scott and I are on the same page, and we are, you know, mm-hmm. with, the, with the electrical safety, then it filters from his people, my people, and vice versa. Mm-hmm. What, do we, what do we do about that? I mean, is there a solution? I know it's not an easy solution, but and I know you guys have been working on it. What do we do? Well, uh, I I know that Ruben and I have both faced this before. Let's talk about one of the groups that you talked about, and that's the um, safety for hire groups that come in. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, they're out there trying to tell their customer that look how many violations I saved you today if you mm-hmm. would have had an OSHA inspection, right? Yeah, I saved you this much money. Saved you this much money, <laughs> which is why my bill is this high, right? And they're out there talking to your guys directly. They're they're disciplining. They're 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 being a safety cop mm-hmm. sometimes. And then we get the phone calls. Who is this guy? Why is he telling us this? It's misinformation. And that's why companies need a safety guy. Mm-hmm. Whether it's yeah. a, whether yeah. it's to a, run interference, you got to get there. You got to get there, and you got to bring cooler heads together. Mm-hmm. You fan out the misinformation. And you get down to the facts. You talk if it's a OSHA item, which is what we're talking about mm-hmm. right now. Hey, maybe maybe I don't know it, and I don't pretend to know that OSHA book inside now. Right, no one does. I'm a website guy. Mm-hmm. You, you don't need you don't need a book anymore. Mm-hmm. You can type it in, and with a few clicks here mm-hmm. and there, you'll Got get your right answer. to the regulation. Mm-hmm. Got your you answer. can read it for yourself, and let's read there. And then find out why are you telling my my guy this? It's nowhere in the regulation, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Or maybe you do find it in there and go, hey, 
Appreciate you bringing it up. Mm-hmm. Wish you could do it in a different way next time. Right, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. you're, you're, yeah. you're telling our guys something that they're here all the time that you expect them to do that you and I both know is wrong. Mm-hmm. Right? Well, I've I, run into that too, man. Uh, yeah. I had, a, I had a, uh, one of our employees, Scott, in Arizona, called me up and said, hey, the safety guy down here says, oh, she says I have to tie off in a scissor lift. I says, no, they don't. No, they mm-hmm. don't. He said, yeah, they do. I said, I'll tell you what, you go talk to the safety director, tell him you talk to me, have him send me a copy of that standard. Mm-hmm. And when we get it, we'll discuss it. Mm-hmm. Or have them send me a copy of the owner's or GC's rules that states they yes. expect yes. Mm-hmm. to yes. do it. Right. You know? right. and, and that was a couple years Which ago. Which could be the case. Yeah. It could be the case. However, I've had those written that day. Oh, really? And then you can go back and say, well, it's <laughs> right. not in the contract. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And right. I, the ink so, is still wet. I've gotten a few of those documents. I still haven't got an answer, and that's been years ago. Yeah. I st- I'm waiting for this regulation to come. <laughs> right, right. It's like the, it, uh, there was a, la- a safety director over in Iowa one time. She said, you need a ladder on a baker scaffold. I said, no, I don't. She said, yes, you do. It's in the OSHA regulations. I said, please send me the regulation. Mm-hmm. Now, that was my drywall days. So that was, <laughs> right. that was, that was 30 some years yeah, ago. And I still, still haven't, I still haven't seen yeah. that letter. So yeah, that it's, is, it's, so Scott's right. I mean, he's got people out there telling his people to do things yeah, that, is that are tough. absolutely false. That is really tough. Absolutely false. Even when people are in, have the best intentions and they get the information wrong. Or what you commented on, Scott, the way they deliver that when they start barking at your guys. You can't, you know, I mean, wow, let's, as you said, let's just cooler heads, we'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. You know, let's take a look at what the regulations want us to do. Let's take a look at what the contract states. Let's talk about how we can do it safely, first and foremost. We have to do this function. How can we do it most safely? And let's come to some understanding. But yeah, that, and, you know, I will admit that. You know, in my time with OSHA, we wrote some bad citations. Uh, you know, they were incorrect. They were invalid. I mean, I'm not I'm not accusing uh, compliance officers, but that that bad information is everywhere. Mm-hmm. And and these these kind of like these OSHA urban legends. This is what you're supposed to do, and it has no bearing in reality. But people, I think I heard it somewhere, and I think that's. I mean, I've I've had compliance officers do that, and we've had to you know kind of rein that back in. So it really. It is a problem. Kind of it reminds can, me of the old days. I had a professor one time. I said, "What it says right here in the book." He says, "Oh, don't ignore that. The book's wrong." <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I, used, yeah. I thought to myself, well, "Then why do I have it?" <laughs> yeah. What What is the purpose of this? And you know, the regulations are obviously confusing at times. Yeah. And, and we all, you know, so this. I think you're. I think you. This is really an incredible challenge, particularly in the construction world. But so for the guy that's just starting out, you know, those guys coming into safety and how do I want to do it, you know, besides being a, the walking rule book out there, which no one likes that guy, right, mm. is to come in and, and, you know, approach it the right way. If it's another contractor and you're dealing with, get with that person, safety person. Mm-hmm. Say, here's what we got going on. Don't throw them out there under the bus just to find out it, you might be wrong or even if you're right that now you've hurt everyone's feelings and no one likes right, you, that right. sort of thing, right? The other thing is is that there's people that have been through this before, right? So we have the advantage of setting up a couple groups and everything, uh, a group that Ruben initiated, you've been a part of, mm-hmm. and that's the Nebraska Safety and Health Professionals, mm-hmm. Right get together on a monthly basis or, or I mean, sorry, what is it? Quarterly? It's, it's a biannual. Mm-hmm. Biannual. Okay. Mm-hmm. Used to be quarterly. Used to be quarterly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. 
you can go to a group like that and find like-minded people that you can get along with, and everyone is more than willing to share their experiences mm-hmm. from the past. Mm-hmm. And we also have an advantage that, and Ruben will back me on this, is with IBEW members, you know, as part of the NECA contractor group, our workforce is built on following rules. I mean, they have to follow code rules. Right. We right. build things to code. It's so much easier if you fall back on what people normally do, interject safety in the same way. Well, mm-hmm. here's another set of codes, mm-hmm. right? The whole code book for safety, some of our guys will never read these four paragraphs because it does not pertain to them, right? Mm-hmm. Same mm-hmm. thing with OSHA. It's a big book. There's mm-hmm. a lot of stuff out there. There's a lot of interpretations. Concentrate on what affects you the most. Right, absolutely. Yeah. You know, right. and I, I like to go back what yeah, Scott said earlier, point. too, on some of these site safety people, you know. The, the guy, they're kind of versed in a lot of different things. And because of our industry is a little... You know, I, I want to say a little more challenging than some other industries. Mm-hmm. I would but, agree. You know, uh, I I would encourage them before they tell our guys something and ladies to, to call us and say, hey, I am see some things here. Can you co- tell me if I'm right now? If they're, if they're versed in electrical safety like Scott and I are, that's one thing. Mm-hmm. You know, but if they're out there just being a police. You're just a general safety and health guy, person. Right. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't know how they can be versed in, mm-hmm. in all that, but I would agree. Yeah, just reach out to us. I mean, I reach out to Scott. He reaches mm-hmm. out to me, mm-hmm. right? You know, uh, we share. If you don't share, you know, then you, then you are. Yeah. It's my way or the highway. Right, and it and it really only works if it's collaborative. I mean, those projects only work if we're collaborating. They're so much better if everybody is kind of working together. I think that's a good suggestion. If you do run into a situation like that, you know, reach yeah. out to the and. and you know, me in particular, I do a lot of different things. I do industrial hygiene work. I do mm-hmm. safety work, construction, industry. I know that I'm a generalist. I'm not an expert in anything, you know. So when yeah. I run into something that's a little bit more technical or a little bit more sophisticated, I reach yeah. out to experts, man. I'm, no, you we, know, we, I know my own limitations. We, we talk, and I, I, I got to share really funny. Every now and then I'll get one of Scott's guys in the office, you know. And I don't see all the new hires, but every now and then I'll see one. Oh, he came from Miller. Yeah, Hey, I know Scott. You know Scott? He goes, yeah, I know Scott. I said, now be careful. He's a good friend of mine. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. <laughs> you know? I, saw, I yeah. do the same comment yeah. with you. I, do, I say, he's a good friend of mine, so just be yeah. careful what you say. And it, it's always good. Yeah, it's always no doubt. Good. And I think what, what Scott and I have been able to relay to our guys is that, you know, we're not the cop. We're not a policeman out there. Mm-hmm. I think they respect our opinion, and, and they actually call. They call us. And I, oh, and man, I, that's good. I've said for years, my my – most productive day is when I hear from each office. Mm-hmm. Not a bad thing. Right. Just call me up. Hey, what do you think of this? Right. Well, you know, you got wow. any suggestions on this? That's a higher level of safety. If you can get that, if you get the guys calling you and asking for advice or mm-hmm. what am I going to do here, uh, that's that's a higher level, frankly. If well, when you trust, reach that, they're level. trusting your mm-hmm. opinion on this. Yeah. You know, they know we're not electricians, but they know we know enough to help keep them safe right. with working with electricians. Right. Yeah, that's big. Yeah. It's a huge thing. The, the other aspect of that is to drive that stop work down to the lowest level guy. Mm-hmm. But if you can tell people, listen, we're, we're not expecting anybody to walk into danger until 
at such time you either mitigated or protected yourself from mm-hmm. it. So stop the work, call. And there's several different avenues they call. It doesn't have to be a safety guy. Mm-hmm. It could be uh, their, their foreman or somebody like that. Get together, come up with a plan. You know it's safe. You've identified the hazards. You've corrected them. How do you, how do you get them to have the confidence to do that? We're still working on it, mm-hmm. I but mean, uh, I would it, think uh, Commonwealth's the same as Miller is we target our leaders out there. Mm-hmm. We can't be on the job site. Right. If I was on the job site every day for a few hours, I'm still not able to be yeah. there the full time, but they are. And we're spread out so much. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's no way. It's just not there's possible. There's just no way. Not possible at all. Right. And these poor foremen out there got a lot of weight on their shoulders. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the, the success of a project. You know, mm-hmm. schedules, uh, materials, manpower issues. And then, yeah, I'm sorry, but you're going to have to throw safety on there as well. Yeah. Right. But they got a resource. They have us. they got a lot of resources. Right. So, resources. yeah, so they need to be tying into that right. resource. And I used to do some safety topic toolbox meetings on a job site. Mm-hmm. And if anybody's listening, they can feel free to use this. But I used to always tell the guys, how many guys are married? Raise your hand. How many guys got significant others? Raise your hand. How many guys kissed your significant other this morning and said, watch the new news. I'm going to go to work, do something really stupid, and they're going to haul me out on a stretcher. Mm-hmm. How many guys said that today? You know, nobody, they just look at you. I said, exactly. <laughs> right. So let's not make that happen. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> exactly. You know, yeah, and, and they no look doubt. at you like, this guy's crazy. You know, but they go back and they think about that. Yeah, eventually they start to think about it, and uh, it starts to resonate with them, I think. But, you know, the bad too, part, too, Doug, is that, they may remember what you told them. I don't know about you, Scott, but I've had some of these situations in the past. Well, well, you to- once told me, and I said, I told you this. You heard this, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You know, and that's exactly right. They're going to interpret the way they want for their advantage. And right? th- th- there's a lot with how you deliver the message yes, that, exactly. that plays into what they hear. Yeah. I think that does that, make a difference. But that, that goes way. back to being a cop. If you go out there and you, uh, it's going to be, if Scott came to my guys out there and said, well, you're going to do it this way, this way, this way, this way. He just lost all credibility. Yeah. First of all, you'd be wondering why I'm on your job site. <laughs> right, right. Hey, I, you, Scott, you're always welcome. You're always welcome, yeah. buddy. I, I have total yeah. confidence in him being out there. That is interesting. And then we um, actually we actually thought about that one time. We was going to switch offices just just for just, just for the heck of it. Show up on each other's jobs and see yeah. if they even recognized it. They'll walk in and they'd say, uh, "At Miller, what are you doing here?" Oh, Scott and I trade places, and he's at Commonwealth now, and I'm working for Miller. I'm just kind of curious what kind of reaction we would get out mm-hmm. of that. Well, Gary Demmel's been trying to hire me for years. For years, yeah, right. Well, <laughs> Gary Demmel, Gary Demmel retired now, so I'll have to uh, tell him. Hey, they probably wouldn't miss a beat. They probably, you guys are probably interchangeable no, at this I, point. I, I think I'll call Gary. Gary, I'm retiring. Scott's taking over. <laughs> that is interesting, man. And go ahead. I, I, I did want to make one comment, though, yeah, man. Yeah, you yeah. said something about you and Ruben have the advantage of participating in all these groups. What I would like to, to say to that point is, you have taken the initiative to to participate in those groups. And so as a safety professional, you need to avail yourselves of those opportunities. If you want to be good at this, get in those groups, align yourself with like-minded professionals, interact as much as you can. I mean, that's the point of this podcast is just another source of information. But if you just go home at the end of every night and you just you know sit in your den or whatever and you're not you're not working this profession, you're not going to be you're, good you're at not it. Gonna, you're not going to be know? successful. You're not going to be you successful. Know, you're going to be out the door out in a minute, right? Yeah. And because 
what the people in the field are going to go back and they're going to talk to the managers. They're going to talk to the supervisors and, and any good owner of a company, if he's getting nothing but negative feedback about how we're behaving in the field, that's his business, right? And his business is working yeah. with people. His people yeah. are going to make his business. And if we go out there and make it rough on him, he's not going to want a part of it. Yeah. You want to finish up a thought on this before we go on to the next topic? Yeah, on, on the we're still on OSHA, right? Yeah, just anything, any last, yeah, we're always on OSHA. Oh, yeah, man. I forgot about that. You can't get off the OSHA <laughs> I stuff. forgot about the OSHA question. Yeah. No, you're so good. So we're, we're um, I, I, I did a little thinking about this, mm-hmm. you know, before we came in. And, and some of the things we do really well mm-hmm. are things that we should do well, like temp power on the job site, mm-hmm. um, electrical safety, you know, GCIs right, right. and stuff like that. Right. And our, our, it won't, if we have to work on it energized or not. We really did a good job. Mm-hmm. Lockout, tag out. Mm-hmm. Those are things we've really improved on. Good. They're also the three things that drive me nuts mm-hmm. because sometimes we don't get it right. Right. And, but and they're we're just I, also I, critical. All of those things are so critical, particularly to what you guys do, but to everybody. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Those, are, those are huge issues. So and if there's an OSHA inspection, they ask me, what do, what do I need to do? I said, well, for the most part, keep working. Right. But walk around. Make sure your labels are done on your on your temp power. Make mm-hmm. sure that your your GFCIs and your cords are good, you know. Right. Make sure that when if someone's up in a scissor lift, their their feet are flat on that floor. They're mm-hmm. not climbing up on stuff, you know. Right. It's just Yeah. You know, we do it pretty well. Yeah. Just go make sure we're you know, right. Yeah. right. I, I tell our guys if, yeah, that's a if good OSHA point. shows up, so what? It's yeah. like another person showing up. We shouldn't be afraid of OSHA. Right. We well, and I don't think they want us to be. But we you've put in be. the time. You've put in the work. You're in a position where you feel confident about we, I that. Do. I do. We, we do. I know Scott feels the same way. We don't. If, uh, and I tell the people, OSHA is the least of my concern. Right. Ultimately. I, alt, it's the least of my concern. My concern is why Why are you on that top rung of that ladder? Right. right. That's <laughs> right. my concern. Right. right. Get back <laughs> in that scissor lift. Get back in there. That, that mid rail is not the stand on. Exactly. You know? But that's the the OSHA part is the is the least. But uh, for me, the, the worst thing I shouldn't say the worst thing, the most challenging thing for us is, as safety people with OSHA is some of the requirements they got for like annual checks of all your harnesses, documents. Yeah. I mean, oh. oh my God, we must have we must have about six hundred harnesses, mm-hmm. you know. And I guarantee you, Doug, and if OSHA is listening, don't come see me. But uh, I guarantee you, we probably have a really poor way of documenting these things. Yeah, I, I couldn't tell you. That's very difficult, though. It's very difficult. To do and all of the required inspections and documentation. Documentation is so difficult oh. for everybody, just keeping up. I mean, which is why, you know, some of the new tools that were being Technology. Uh, provided, you know, that we have access to are really helpful. I, you know, uh, you know, safety reports, for example, my friend Steve Polich over at Safety Reports, you know, they that app continues to evolve uh, as contractors and as users indicate needs, they will continue to expand that. I really like their the ability to document like toolbox talks mm-hmm. just with electronic signatures just to track who was there. I mean, that's just so hard to track all this stuff, man. Yeah. And all of the inspections and, yeah. and the maintenance and things that you just described it. But I'm not sure anybody does that particularly well. No, it is really I, difficult. I, I can tell you right now, we don't. You yeah. know, we don't. Uh, but We're trying. We'll try, but some of the things we document, we document well. Yeah. Uh, 
accident investigations document sure. it well. Right? Yeah. Job site inspections, we have a process that we, hit, we do that, we do it well. And I tell those guys, it may sound stupid to you to do these things, but if it's not written, it didn't happen, mm-hmm. right? right? And uh, and you have to have some means to at least defend yourself, mm-hmm. right? Absolutely. Um, you know, but the OSHA thing, you guys, when I say you guys, because you used to be part of them, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. They come it's, a long ways. I mean, it's hard to get that off I, you. I, you I, the old days, you know, <laughs> I know. <laughs> the old days, it was, it was brutal, you know, but... They, they come a long ways, the leadership of... I think they're trying. Yeah, they are. They I, are. You know, I, I think they're trying. More user-friendly. User-friendly. You know, I... Yeah. And, you know, again, we, we, we have a good partnership with OSHA, the, the safety directors group we belong to. Mm-hmm. They're out there. You've mm-hmm. been out there yeah. as the speaker for us. Appreciate I that. I think that's so important, too. Yes. You need a relationship with your, with your local uh, uh, agency representatives. You yeah. need that relationship. And both of you guys, obviously... They know who you are. They respect you. They know that you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. I can tell you from my experience, a company's reputation in the area office goes a long way Mm -hmm. to how you are treated, whether that's appropriate or not. But it's just human nature that if I know, oh, it's Ruben, it's Scott, you know, I'm comfortable that they're doing the right thing versus the company who has a, a checkered history and rarely does the right thing. I mean, it, no. it makes a huge difference. Scott and made so. a point about one it's early days, and I'm same way. Uh, OSHA, oh my God, we don't want. Who are they? They're like the people we shouldn't be talking to, and all right. this. You know? And I remember the old days, people would say, "If I got a question, kind of, I call OSHA." And I, I, I was just like Scott, a little paranoid about it. And I said, "Well, yeah, but go from a pay phone, so they don't <laughs> right, right. can't trace the call. <laughs> they can't right find the out where site. you're from, yeah. and your company name and all that. I mean, that's the inception, you know, oh, perception yeah. I oh, had. Oh, that was very common, you know. And I thought, you know, that's stupid, right? Yeah. Hey, I, man, I mean, some of that reputation was earned. Let's be honest. Okay, well, you, you know, back in the day, we used to be pretty hard headed. Oh boy, you know, I, I can tell you, you, you remember Ruben right? when you first started? That's all he had was pay phones, right? Yeah, well, <laughs> exactly well, you know, right. Scott, you know, we did. We, we I had, miss pay phones, man. <laughs> I used to when we were on the road for OSHA, and I had to pull over at four thirty and call the boss and tell him where I was. Yeah. As opposed to this phone ringing constantly, where are you? What are you doing? I mean, oh, I, I, oh, I hated to see pay phones go. One away. of my first jobs as in the safety world was. Uh, well, they knew who I am, but they every morning we go to work and they give me a dollar worth of dimes, you know. And, and we had pagers, and so but they, remember those things? And oh yeah, pager, and I drive around. They had to pull over and find a phone. phone book, you know. And and thank God for the drive up ones you pull along yeah. the curb with, you know. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I remember <laughs> those days. Ten cent phone calls. Remember them? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Gosh. Wow. So Doug, you mentioned earlier about the OSHA. You know, they're not. Once you get to know them, you should get to know mm-hmm, them. You right? should. Um, you should also take advantage of consultations when you have a violation. If you mm-hmm, have a violation, mm-hmm. you know. Hopefully, you can do it ahead of time and uh, get some resources. You know, mm-hmm. but uh, you know, if you have a, a violation, I I wouldn't even put it past the fact that yep, it caught us dead to rights. Go in and have a conversation about it. Mm-hmm. You know, it shows you care. Right. You, you can even ask the question, what's the best way to go about it? If you could help me in that regard. No doubt. I certainly want to learn and, I, yeah. and that sort of thing, yeah. you know. What's, your, what's your take? Yeah, I, I, yeah. I tell our guys, I said, if officer shows up, and if they cite us, you know what that means? We're guilty. It means right. you, didn't do, you didn't do what we thought you should be doing. Yeah. And I said, on the other hand, and, and I tell them the same thing, too. If you think you're right, 
And if you think they're wrong, you give me something to work with. Right. And I'll mm-hmm. go defend this. Mm-hmm. Right. Absolutely. But if, you, but if you got nothing to give me and you're guilty, you're guilty. And we're going to take it. We're going to take it. We'll take you it know, like men and we'll move and, on. And, Hopefully and like, we'll get better yeah. from it. And like right? Scott says, you know, we got this thing called lessons learned. Mm-hmm. Right? We learned a lesson, right? Right. And, and we're going to share it and hopefully it doesn't happen yeah. again. Yeah. I mean, and but I agree with you. Um, and, and I know that there was a time when I was with OSHA, we were re- really re- promoting these ESAs, these expedited informal settlement agreements. Yes. Yes. We were promoting that because we didn't want to have to do so many informal conferences, you know, so we thought, hey, you just accept it, take your penalty reduction, move on. I always encourage the informal conference because I agree with you. It is an opportunity to build a relationship as well as it is to get questions answered, to come to some resolution, whatever that might be. I would take the informal conference almost all the time and probably all the time because you know, you may not you may not have an opportunity to work with the OSHA office very often. Well, that's great, but when you do, you should take advantage of oh, it. Oh, by all means, you know, and and take the person. We always took the person when we had a citation. Knock on wood. Uh, we take the person who was involved with that down there too, mm-hmm. and say, "Look, if you get any questions, you listen to me all day long. Mm-hmm. Here's the guys who make the decision. You ask right. them." Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, you know, and and, that and is then interesting. and then they go back to the guys in the field and say, "Hey, you know, I got to go to the Yosha office today, and mm-hmm. you know, it's not as bad as it, that people mm-hmm. think it is, right?" Yeah, he only had one head. He yeah. didn't, he, and his tail wasn't forked or anything. <laughs> you know what I mean? But the, the perception, right? Yeah. But, and, oh, yeah. And again, not, thank God we haven't had an OSHA citation yeah, in years. Good. You know, but. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a learning, learning thing, so pretty good stuff. Yeah. All right, wrap me up here. Any last any last comments on that? We are running out of time. I've got one last question for you, and we're going to have to keep this brief. One of the things, one of the segments that I've been interested in adding to the, to the, uh, the podcast, the sessions, is um, a segment that I call I Can't Live Without, you know? And what I really am interested in, I'm going to ask you that question, Scott, Ruben, if I asked you, I can't live without, from the perspective of being a safety professional, what would you tell me? Whether that's, like my comment last week was, I can't live without duct tape, and not because of any of my little idiosyncrasies off off of work, (laughs) I use that as an industrial hygienist, I'm always taping up equipment, I'm always securing pumps and dosimeters, I'm using it for labeling stuff, I mean, I keep a roll of duct tape in my backpack, which... Just sounds horrible now that I hear myself saying it, but it's an incredibly useful tool. Is there anything that you can't live without? That you a website or a resource or something, yeah. a tape measure, uh, whatever. Uh, I got really deep on this when I was thinking about it. So, <laughs> well, maybe that one. Maybe I misphrased the question. <laughs> my thought process was: I can't live without a the highest office at Miller Electric backing safety. Oh, 100%. I'm with you. Yeah, man. Absolutely. That makes your job so much easier yeah that that that's a high level answer it, it, sorry about that I no you're like, right yeah you're right yeah i live and die on the website for uh, a lot of information you're on the website quite often i don't trust it yeah you've got to go you got to give calls to ruben mm-hmm. or, or to you Fletch well it just for, doesn't really give stuff, a lot know? of information on how we do these things yeah. it, it'll tell you what they're expecting of us but oftentimes that is just as confusing as it is clarifying, you know. But yeah, man. I mean, what a, what a that's a deep answer because you need that the support of that highest level management, the executives. I didn't have it at first. Oh yeah, you know I did. That's a big deal. It's always the pats on the back, but go out and do it and and cure safety. But there, but now today, mm-hmm. um, 
there's hardly a staff meeting goes by where the president of our company doesn't say, hey, here's where we're at with some safety. We need to improve on this. We got a, a holiday coming up. You know, that's when accidents happen, yeah, man. you know, blah, blah, blah. That's and good he's point. telling that to project managers who they're those, their job sites mm-hmm. and they go out and, and wow. Yeah. That, that is really a blessing to have someone like that calling the shots for your yeah. company. Ruben told me that 20 mm-hmm. years ago. Well, you know, if you don't get the backing from your top guy. Yeah. I, you're in I, trouble. Not, you know, for me, Doug, I, I just got to mirror what Scott says. My big, my tool I couldn't live without would be my managers. Yeah. Me. Yeah. You're right. Otherwise you're, you're dead in the water, but they got to respect what you're telling them too. Mm-hmm. Right. And, mm-hmm. and go from that because if you don't have their support, right. They know you're not going to have theirs, you know. Yeah, and it's it's two way street. But yeah. Scott and I are the same page with this. If wow. it's got to come from the top, you know, OSHA's got this thing. Says manage start at the top. Management. management commitment. Yeah, management commitment. Now, as corny as that sounded initially, it's profoundly it's, it's true. true. It is true, which makes my duct tape answer sound pretty bad <laughs> by comparison, man. I got a friend of mine. I'm a simple minded buffoon. No, no, no I got a, I got if a, you go to my garage. Yeah, <laughs> right. I got a friend of mine. Her daughter makes duct tape wallets. Oh, no. so. <laughs> yeah, but that's cool. No, I, I and we could do a whole oh, yes. session on management commitment and what that looks like in application, right? That might be a topic for one of your uh, podcasts, have, maybe, a, have a safety we'll director and, and bring in his top management. Man, if, they, if you think you could get them, let's do it. And right. explain, you know, why why is safety so important to him? Right. Well, that would be a, that would be a great episode and maybe – you know, maybe he is speaking to the executive at the listener's company who doesn't understand why this is so important. Yeah, but you don't want somebody coming in there and say, well, I got a safety director because my insurance said I had to have one. So yeah. I got this guy right here. We'd have to vet them first. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's how I got it. Well, that's how a lot of it originated. Yeah. I can remember uh, back in, well, man, we're running out of time, so I won't get into great detail. But I think a lot of safety directors initially – you know, got their positions, got their start for that reason. Hey, we were told we have to have this or we need this or the GC said we're going to have to do this or whatever. Hopefully it evolves into an appreciation for the the benefits of having an effective safety program. But, hey, man, whatever gets it started, Mm -hmm. we'll take that. And then hopefully we can evolve it in the direction that we want. I just wish that when some of these companies who have safety people uh, and something happens – it'll automatically defer to the safety guy. Well, that's your fault that happened mm-hmm. because it wasn't, mm-hmm. it wasn't, it's, it's, it's all of us. Right. Maybe, maybe you didn't support him enough. Right. Maybe you didn't give him the tools he needs. No he, doubt. He didn't fail. Well, then we I, failed. I mean, I think that's kind of an old school mentality. It's the safety director's responsibility. Amen. I think you said this many times today, Ruben, we as safety professionals, we are simply a resource you know, we provide support, information, tools, whatever, but we are not the safety program. We cannot make those decisions. I mean, we're not there all the time. We don't have that ability. And so, I mean, I, I agree. I think that ship sailed a long time ago where it's the safety director's responsibility. Hey, man, it is everybody's responsibility. I, I think you're right. It typically falls on that frontline supervisor, that foreman oftentimes, or that superintendent. How they carry the, the brunt the of individual? it. But the, and the individuals, yeah, yeah, you're right. I mean, I think, you know, hey, typically we are all adults out on those job sites, and we need to be accountable for our own actions, mm-hmm. ultimately, mm-hmm. you know. Guys, man, we are out of time. I'm, I've run up to this hard limit, whatever the, what do you call that? 
There's a hard stop hard or something. Stop. Hard, stop. hard stop. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we've hit the hard stop. Not actually, but uh, I think we're out of time. There's probably somebody waiting. Um, thank you for being here, man. It's always good to see you guys. I'm glad you're doing well. Um, I miss our intera- I miss those meetings. I miss our interactions. You know, I'm hopeful that we can get past all of this isolation stuff pretty soon because, you know, I don't yeah, like it. Yeah, we need to get frankly. back to normal. We, we need to we get, need get, get back. back to some sense of normalcy. Um, I'm gonna, my parting message is going to be for you that are safety professionals or have some safety responsibility, as we talked about in the very beginning of this episode, focus on why we do this. You know, the how we do it and the what we do, we can figure that out. But if you focus on why we're doing this, uh, I think that passion will be there. And I think it will be, I think your employees will pick up on that and will be a lot more successful in gaining their uh, support and, uh, you know, getting them to do the right thing. So keep, keep focused on why. Um, I hope you have a great weekend. Uh, I intend to. Hope you guys do as well. And I'll talk to everybody soon. Thanks, fellas. Thank you. A Parkville Media Production.